Welcome to the Wedding Film Academy podcast, your go-to source for learning to create stunning wedding films and run a successful business. Here's your host, Lumix Luminary and wedding filmmaker, Jordan Bunch. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Wedding Film Academy podcast. Uh, I'm super excited for the series that we're on about storytelling. Uh, of course, you know, we got started with the podcast all about uh, gear and uh kind of some of the fun stuff for a lot of us anyways. We like to, you know, spend endless hours on Amazon and B&H comparing stats and all that kind of stuff and asking every uh, every filmmaker who we aspire to what gear they use and imagining that as long as we use that gear that our videos will be just like theirs. Um, but But the real truth of the matter is that it's all about story. And so I'm super excited um that we have matt johnson with us uh matt why don't you introduce yourself hey guys glad to be here yes i am matt johnson i have a beard i've been filming weddings for all of about seven years as of a week ago which is really crazy to think about but i'm not tired of it yet so that's a good sign and i also run a youtube channel and a vimeo page and all this other sort of stuff where i'm making videos and tutorials and reviews to help wedding filmmakers, kind of like Jordan's doing here. So pretty darn awesome. Yeah, awesome. So you got started seven years ago, but um, tell me tell me that story. Like, how did you get started in all this? Yeah, man, seven years ago with my 7D, 7D for seven years. Has it really been? It's been out like eight years, man. That is a, that, I can't believe that camera's been out that long. Know, Still yeah. going strong though. I don't, I don't shoot with it very often, but um, I had that camera... I was in college at Texas A&M University, and a girl in my class that I knew asked me, hey, you have a camera, right? You do videos. Do you want to film my wedding? And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. I can do that. No problem. I know what I'm doing, vaguely. So I borrowed a lav mic from a friend of mine and showed up at the church and filmed it. I think I didn't eat that day. I filmed for like nine hours straight and I nearly died. Yeah. But <laughs> good wedding overall. Um, they, uh, they're still married, still in love. And I like to think that's because of the video I made for them. So of course it is. really got that going for me. Yeah. Right. That's funny. I had a couple, um, actually the, just the bride that emailed me several months ago saying something to that effect. It was basically like, Hey, I just want you to know, like your wedding video has saved our marriage like three times. <laughs> yes. Good yeah. job. Uh, that's awesome. So we're, uh, not only are we wedding filmmakers, we're also counselors. Yes. Marriage I, counselors. I, I agree with that. <laughs> Every time I meet with a couple before a wedding, I'm talking to them and half the time I bring up something they're like, Oh, we haven't even talked about that yet. And I'm like, I'm a wedding counselor. Don't worry. That's me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, you went to Texas A&M, um, and did you, what'd you study? I was at A&M for six and a half years in, in college station for eight years at A&M for six and a half years, but I did get a master's out of it. My yes. undergrad was in technology management, which is kind of like IT and computers, which is what I originally liked doing out of high school. I didn't even own a camera till my freshman year of college. And then 
after I got through undergrad, I was like, I really like marketing. I want to do marketing. Plus, I hadn't met a wife yet. So, I was like, okay, I need to, like, find a woman, too. So, thankfully, kept on, went to grad school for marketing and met my wife. So, major win on both sides there There and ended up here. So, yeah. Okay. So, how do you go from IT uh, bachelor's, um, uh, master's in marketing to wedding filmmaker? (laughs) <laughs> well, I feel like wedding filmmaking is is still a business, right? So it's still marketing and it's still so many of the factors and principles running of uh business apply for marketing and apply to wedding films. So it wasn't this crazy jump. It was more so this realization of can I make enough money on this to not actually have to get like some cubicle job somewhere? That'd be really great. And so I managed to do that and I'm still doing that. So it's just been this continuous, like, trying to sneak under the radar because I'm hoping that nobody, like, finds out and actually makes me get a real job at some point. If I can keep this gig going for another, I don't know, 40 years or so, I'll be real set. So Nice. So, did you ever did you ever have to get a corporate job somewhere or did you just go straight into wedding filmmaking out of, out of your uh, master's degree? <laughs> I had a couple of internships. And I worked for a mattress delivery company my freshman year of college. That was my last, like, big boy job, I guess you could say, if you can call it that. Since then, I have not been involved with anything like that, which is really crazy. I've literally been filming and making videos for people. So, it's been great. And were your internships in video or were they marketing internships? Only one was in video, and that was after I was way really deep into uh video production. I, I had starting off, it was, I worked for a congressman just cause my parents were like, Hey, congressmen are good. You should work for a politician. I'm like, Oh, okay. So I'm like answering letters at the front. I'm like the first, this is right after like the crazy, like anthrax thing went on. And so I'm like the lowly intern, like, I hope this isn't poison. Okay. That's safe. And anytime like some crazy person would call a congressman's office to like rant, yeah. they'd be like, Oh, the intern will talk to them. So I'd just be like, uh huh. Yes, ma'am. Yes. No, no. Believe me. The congressman is very concerned about your feelings. <laughs> it was, it was great. But yeah, I realized yeah. I didn't really want to do that with my life. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. So this podcast is going to be all about storytelling. So. Um, let's just start off by talking about one of, one of your favorite wedding films. Uh, I know you probably have a lot, but pick, pick one of them. Uh, tell me about your favorite wedding film. Totally, man. Totally. So I'm going to switch this up from my previous answer that we talked about a little bit, <laughs> even now, cause I'm thinking about all these, I've filmed so many weddings. So I have so many cool stories. Uh-huh. One of my Favorites, though, was one that I shot back in November of 2015, this couple, Jordan and Steven. And they have this really cool story because they literally met in an elevator. Like, (laughs) they were in Chicago. She was there on a business trip. He lived in Chicago. And they just happened to get on the same elevator. Like, he saw her and was like, I need to talk to this girl. This guy had a serious elevator pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. So like literally in the period of them going up like 10 floors, he managed to get her business card and set up a meeting together in the lobby later that night. Wow. So then they ended up talking for like six hours in the lobby and totally hit it off. 
<laughs> and then a month later, he was like coming down to visit her family. Wow. And they fell in love from there. So it was this crazy story. And it was one of those weddings where like everybody cries. Like yep. he's reading his notes and it's just like he's sobbing. And then she's reading her letter and she's losing it. Then they're both reading their vows to each other and losing it. And you could just see their love and their connection together and how even they, I feel like they didn't like even standing there at their wedding ceremony, they were like, they couldn't believe that they were there, that they had reached this point. So that was really cool to be able to capture that moment and really save these memories for them, for them to be able to see in the future, which is really cool. That's awesome. Very cool. Any others that just like stand out to you that (sighs) the, uh, the one that I'm editing right now, Lily and Sergio, yes, they yeah. are a cool story too because they ended up um, – they met in high school. So, they'd been been together for a long time. But their whole relationship was basically this story of him believing that he wasn't good enough for things and her believing in him. So, it's just this constant, mm-hmm. I think you can do this. I believe in you. So, they started out and he – didn't think that he could get into college. And she's like, no, I believe in you. So he got into, he got into UT and then he wanted to play football and he was like, I want to play. And she says, I believe in you. You should go walk on the team. And so nobody else believed he could do it. Like he had all these doubters, like in this, in his story and in his note and his, whenever he's talking about it on the wedding day, he's like, I, nobody believed in me, but you did. And so he walked onto the team and was chosen. And he was one of the starting football players. Wow. And then that's amazing. After college, he was uh, offered a job in a completely other state across the country. And he's like, I love you. I want to be with you. And she says, no, follow your dreams. You need to go do this. So he literally just moved up and moved across the country and they had to be long distance for like two or three years. And their wedding was the first time they were together for an extended period of time, more than just like a weekend in like two years. So it was this, it wasn't wow. only just this powerful moment of like two people coming together, but it was like two people that haven't seen each other come together, which was super cool. And then uh, also just incidentally, that was the wedding where we're filming the, them together at this golf course and got a camera on them and everything like that. And then I hear this golf cart coming by and I look over and Pierce Brosnan drives by me on a <laughs> golf course, just James Bond, like 007 himself. And I'm like, and I was like, hey, Pierce. Like, I was like, what else are you going to do? He just yelled his name. And he was like, hello. Like, and he just, like, he, I'm sure he saw us, like, with all our cameras. And he's like, I'm just trying to play golf, man. Don't you bother me. Don't, like, don't point those at me. Don't go all paparazzi. I'm like, okay. So, you pointed at him, right? I, no, I, like, mentally what? blanked. I was oh. so, I was so freaked out. I was just like, crap, that's Pierce Brosnan. What am I going to do? Like, uh, like, by the time I took the time for, because he was hauling booty past me on this golf cart. So, yeah. The amount of time for me to like notice it was him, process Pierce Brosnan, what? And then say something, he was already passed. And the best part was that I had my wife like second shooting for me and she was off like in the bushes getting this other shot. So she didn't get to see him. Yeah. And she still brings it up. She's like, man, I missed out on seeing Pierce Brosnan. And I'm like, well, but I did confirm I wasn't crazy. I looked it up and he was actually in Austin where we were filming the wedding on a video shoot. So it was him. I'm yeah. not crazy. So I feel really good about that. Uh, that's crazy. Awesome. So when when you actually show up on wedding day, do you do you know the background of these stories, or are you learning them as you go? I will say that for weddings, I tell every couple that I talk to, I hate surprises, and so 
every couple that I film, I am now meeting up with them, mm -hmm. ideally in person and over dinner, some sort of delicious dinner. Um, if not that, then at, least at the very minimum, like a FaceTime or Google Hangouts or something like that, where I can see their faces kind of like we can and we're interacting because I really want to get as much information about them, about how they met, about how they fell in love, their whole story, as well as like every little possible factor about their wedding day, because I want no surprises. Like yeah. I've had weddings where there's been surprises and I've hated them. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me this? So mm -hmm. I'm very clear. Like I need to know everything that you can tell me because otherwise you get into a wedding and you're like, wait, what are they doing now? They're doing a first look. Where am I? Why are my cameras over here? I need to be over here. So any information I can get ahead of time, I try to do. So, so you try to also really hear those, those stories. Yes. Okay. Like 100%. All of the stories that I can get, how they met, how they fell in love, what a normal date looks like to them, what they are okay. doing on there. And if there's anything, we even get into like love languages and what their relationship is like, how they fell in love, wow. because that can dictate how they express their love on the wedding day. If you get couples that are like super touchy feely, then they're going to be easier to film because they're just like all up on each other. But I need to know if they're going to be more reserved about that so that I can adjust my filming style accordingly. Mm. So um, are you also, you, you know, you talked about kind of the love language thing. Are you also um, like having them a conversation with them about ways that they can best um, show their story on their wedding day? Yes. That nearly that exact sentence actually, because I go into every wedding now and I'm being more selective with the couples that I film. So at this point, me and my wife, we, whenever we're approaching a couple and we're meeting with them, we're trying to avoid words and phrases like traditional. And we don't want, not that we don't like tradition, but we want less of we want more of their, I'll, I'll say we want more of their personality to come through. So that involves with, and I have this whole, con that, that involves a whole conversation that I have with them about story and how important that is. And if they watch any of the videos on our website, I say, Hey, if you want your video to be like this, cause ideally you're hiring me because you want your video to be like this. You're not just hiring me just cause I have a camera. Yep. Then you're going to get certain things if you do certain things. So in this case, I want them to tell a good story. So I'm saying, Hey, you guys should do four things. And this is the first time I ever talked about this, but there's like four things that I recommend that they do. Um, they should, ideally they will write their own notes. They will have a efficient that knows them and that can tell good stories about them. They will write their own vows mm -hmm. and they will have some really killer people give some awesome toasts. Yep. If they can do those four things, like a wedding video is just like easy. Like you don't even have to try if you got those four things. It's just the story will tell itself. Everything will tell itself because you have them talking about themselves in their own voice. You have the minister talking about them. You have other friends talking about them and you have this awesome story connection just happening. And it's so great. That's awesome. So if you have all of um, you know, these four elements and I'm sure every couple doesn't give you all four of those, but you know, ideally they give you 
Um, they give you them all. Um, but let's just say for a wedding where you do get all of those elements, when you get into, uh, you know, time to edit the film, how do you choose, how do you choose your anchor? I mean, we all have like that anchor, um, that really is the essence of, of who this couple is in, you know, 20 seconds mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. really drives the film for us. So what are you doing to, to find that anchor? That honestly comes through a lot of work because, and this all comes back to pre-production, which I feel like I hammer in half the videos that I make on YouTube. It is so much about preparing ahead of time and getting to know them because if you know someone, if you're a friend of someone, they're going to open up to you and they're going to share their heart and their desires and their feelings with you. And oftentimes if you don't go through the work of doing that, then people are going to be closed off. Mm -hmm. And so you may never get to that core story. So that's why I'm sitting down with couples for like literally three hours over dinner and talking to them. And I'm booking couples that want that and are okay with that. So I'm telling them, Hey, you know, you book me, we have to talk. We have to be friends because I want to get to a wedding and I want to be like an old friend to a couple. Hmm. I don't want to be just a like guy that they hired to film. I want to be a guy that they know well. And that way, whenever you're like all up in their face with your camera and you're like, Hey, what's up? How's it going? They're not like, weird about it. They're just like, Oh, it's Matt. He's hanging out. He's got his camera, whatever. So the benefit of doing all that and getting to know this couple is that then you can get to the core of their story. Like if you were sitting down with somebody and you're asking them pointed questions about their love and their relationship, there's going to be a story there. Like every couple, like the, the cool thing is that love in general is a thing that is complex. It's not just going to be this instant. Yeah. We're just in love. It's cool. I guess like, Every couple has this unique story. I shot this wedding um, back last April that I posted recently. The couple literally met in the third grade. Like, (laughs) they had been friends since the third grade. And so much of their story was the groom thinking that he wasn't good enough for her and her being like, you are good enough for me. And so Mm. they didn't start, like, dating till high school, I want to say. But the fact that they knew each other for that long was really crazy. So... A lot of these couples, like, even if, like, the wedding I shot last weekend, they met on Bumble, like a Tinder, like a Tinder alternative, you know, that like <laughs> a less sketchy Tinder. Yeah. So, like, every couple is going to have a unique way of meeting, even if it was just like I was sitting in a bar and they walked up to me, like, because there was still, like, a moment where the guy or the girl had to be like, I want to talk to this person. I want to reach out. Like, there's always something. Hmm. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a wedding. It'd just be like a weird contractual like check the boxes you're you are now married here you go so i'm not the 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 reason i can share all this stuff without like fear of like giving away all my secrets and telling people things is because it takes a lot of work and so it's like hey if you want to do this great like but you're going to be working your butt off to do it because i know that i do there's no shortcut yep for sure so um I, th- I think one of the things that that I always appreciate about a good story in general is that it has these ebbs and flows to it. It has, I, I call it dynamics mm-hmm. um, because um, 
it it has these crescendo moments. And in order to have a crescendo moment, it's like if you ever heard a speech, um, you know, like a like a keynote address or something, and so the guy's just like yelling the whole time. <laughs> it's like okay, you can't like tune in the whole time. You know, like he has to like have that calm, tender voice and tell these slow stories in order to like be able to you know keep my attention when he starts yelling it's it's that kind of thing with wedding films i feel like where um you sort of build up to certain moments where the story kind of crescendos and then and then um they crescendos it, it lets you kind of ease back into your seat a little bit and enjoy just kind of the funness of things before you start to cry all over again, you know? Um, so talk to me like through like your editing process, what you're doing in terms of, of telling that story in a way that kind of gives your viewers that experience. Yeah, definitely. Um, keeping in mind the core thought of making something that's unique for the couple. So this is going to be different for every couple, but I had a wedding that I shot, Oh gosh, this was about three years ago. Chelsea and Chandler, which I love that they have matching names. It's great. <laughs> but, uh, they had a, at the time, I think they had a two year old daughter or three year old daughter together. Mm. And their wedding was incredibly powerful for me because it had her dad giving a speech where towards this point in the, in the speech where he's talking about whenever he found out that he was going to be a grandfather and they weren't married yet. It was this period where he knew like they asked to meet up with him and he's like, this is either going to be him asking her to marry, like him asking for her hand in marriage or they're pregnant one or the other. But it was this, incredibly powerful moment because her dad, who's this big stoic man is totally like losing it because he's talking about the excitement that he has about having a granddaughter. And in the process of that, like she's like running around on the floor behind it, beneath his feet and everything. Yeah. So that was this really, really big emotional crescendo moment for me. So I was building up to this point of showing them together showing all these things occurring, but I tried to be careful and not really even show the granddaughter. I don't think until this point, whenever it was like, Oh, this is who this is. This is what is going on. Yeah. And so that, that story was kind of easy. Like, cause it kind of writes itself, you know, you're like, Oh, like this couple, like this, duh, they're, they're really like that. That's a little easier to do. But otherwise there, I feel like every wedding is going to have, some built-in crescendos, like Mm. regardless, which is good. So at the very bare minimum, if you are filming a wedding and you are starting out and you're like, okay, where's, where are my big emotional moments? You have one guaranteed. Well, you really have two guaranteed in the ceremony. You have the bride walking down the aisle, which will thankfully in my current wedding, I have this that I'm editing right now. Like the groom is literally like just weeping, like just tears flowing. Just like, like he's losing it, which I'm like, this is gold. Yes. Cause I had my wife like, five feet away from him filming him. So it's just this awesome close up, but that's, that's sort of a built in one is them walking down the aisle, bride walking down the aisle. I've had like grooms laughing. I've had them crying. I've had grooms like 
losing it with hysterical laughter. Like really weird. Like people react different ways, but that's like a big emotional moment for the couple. And so you can make that a big emotional moment for the audience as well. Yep. I feel like a lot of people, whenever I watch a wedding video, it's just like, oh, here she is walking down the aisle. And I'm like, dude, this is a huge moment. Like Mm -hmm. music should be reflecting that. Your pacing should be reflecting that. Everything should be building up to this moment. And maybe I'm a little over the top in my wedding films whenever I do it. But I'm like, man, this is big. This should be like. But that's why your stories are great. That's that's the goal anyways. Yeah. Um, So that's a big moment. The kiss, of course, like. Of course, the kiss is going to be a big moment, except for I'll say I did have this one Lutheran wedding once where literally he's like the minister, this old stoke guys. I now pronounce you man and wife. And there's this moment where you're like, kiss the bride, kiss the bride. And he's like, let's sing a song. And you're like, <laughs> what? And then literally like everybody's saying a song. And I'm like, that was that was it. What just happened? Like <laughs> totally hijacked. Same thing happened before. Yep. Kills me, man. Kills yep. me. So. You do what you can whenever people do that. But I would say that those two, like at, at bare minimum, if you're filming a wedding, even if you're only doing hourly coverage and you're only there for like four hours, you're going to film the ceremony. You have those two moments to work with. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. So talk with me through like on the actual wedding day, um, what are – what are things that you're looking for? So you've already had like this, this amazing, like, you know, three hour consultation beforehand with the couple. And so you, you have, um, hopefully very few surprises as you put it. Um, but what, what are you looking for on the wedding day? Um, that you're sort of like, okay, I need to make sure that, um, maybe some of the, some of the lesser obvious things, that you're you're clearly looking for that are going to help tell your story that that you know are going to maybe be a surprise to you because you don't necessarily know um, intimately all of the the relationships with other people who are wedding guests um, <laughs> and, and things like that. Like what mm-hmm. what are what are you looking for on the wedding day that's going to help tell your story? Yeah, definitely. I will say that I'm, and I've heard other people say this in other classes and things I've read and learned, but. You're, you should always be filming with one ear open. Like you're always listening to conversations that are happening because invariably somebody may be saying something and you have like your person you're filming, but you can hear somebody over there saying like, Oh, we're doing blah, blah, blah. And you're like, Oh, that's good. Like, so half the time I'll be like, okay, a lot of it comes down to just being ready to move and do new things whenever new things occur. Yep. Um, I'll say also that. I'm also careful in my pre-production whenever I talk to the couple and I ask them questions like, is there anybody important to you? Is there anything that family-wise or friends-wise that is going to be a big moment for you guys? Is there any family members that you especially want us to focus on? Because for a wedding film, I think that it is mostly about the couple. Like, it's about the two of them coming together. So, I'm not going to be focusing – you know, 20% of the video on grandma, if she's like sitting in a chair, like, and here's grandma, you know, and I get people sometimes, usually I'll get a family member like, well, where's grandpa in the video? And you're like, well, grandpa sat in a chair all day. So grandpa isn't really doing much. But that's why I asked them, hey, who is important to you guys? Let me focus on these people too, so that it isn't, it isn't weird. Yep. But, um, I'll say I've got uh, – I'll say I have a wedding this this coming weekend. So, I've not shot it yet. I'm hoping it all works out. It's yeah. in Austin. And I know that the couple 
loves fast cars. Like uh-huh. they do uh, gumball rallies across the country. Like so, they get in like like their fast cars and they like drive like from Texas to Las Vegas or something like that. And there'll be like uh-huh. multiple stops along the way, like road rally races, kind of like Smokey and the Bandit in a way. Like wow. definitely like a lot of speeding involved. Like we met with yeah. them and it, they were like super cool. Yeah. So I know that right off the bat that cars are really important to them. So, and their cars are and cause they're a lot of their memories are involved in this. So I'm like, okay, I know I got to show the cars in this video. Yeah. Thankfully the groom is going to go drive go-karts. So I'm going <laughs> to go awesome. drive. Go- so that means so that, that means I'm going to go drive go-karts, Yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah. but Hey, who like, I'm going to put a GoPro on them. Like, duh, that's a great idea. So, like stuff like that is is kind of, you know, writing itself there a little bit. But that's a special moment that I know is something that is important to the couple that is also important to the story. And hey, it's fast cars and go-karts. Who doesn't want that? I'm going to film yeah. that. That's great. Absolutely. I wish every sure. couple was like that. Yeah. Well, not every couple. That'd just be boring if it was all fast cars. But <laughs> I could be the Fast and the Furious wedding filmmaker. I'm okay with that. I'll do it, man. You know, you were talking uh, You were talking before about your ideal clients. So, yes. So must there, must be, be Fast client. and the Furious fans. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, we were actually – I think that we were talking off air about that. Um, I. I could be remembering wrong. We talked for a while off air. Um, but talk to me a little bit more about this this idea of choosing your ideal couple because that plays a big role in the stories that you're able to tell. So tell me more about what you're currently doing um, because you, you said something in our conversation earlier that was, um, I think to a lot of people would sort of be, um, would be shocking is, is that you are – um, you're sort of choosing your clients. Um, a lot of times, you know, it's them choosing us, but it sounded like you were saying you're, you're making some deliberate choices and sort of choosing your clients, um, in a way, at least I'm not sure exactly what you meant by that, but, but talk to me more about what you mean by finding your ideal clients. Yeah, definitely. And this is something that literally as of, like two weeks ago, we've started to solidify more. So this is very, very new. That's okay. But uh, we're actually in the process of rebranding our site right now and not not doing like a new logo in that sense. I know people are like, rebranding, do a new logo. No, I mean in the sense of we're shifting our website from talking about the clients to talking about us. Mm. Because in general, if you think about it and you are a – bride getting married or something like that. Like you don't want to hear about other brides. Like you're not like, Oh, this is me. Like you're like, I want to hire these people. Who are they? So a lot more of it has been this shift in like, who, who are these, uh, who are we as filmmakers? What do we offer? What do we bring? What do we bring to the table? Um, a good reference that I, I think is good. And a guy who I, I really look up to, even though I don't know him or anything like that, I just kind of creep on his work. It's this photographer for his, his name is Fur Waristi or Juaristi. I have literally no idea how to pronounce his name. He's from Mexico, but he's a very, very high end wedding photographer. And if you go to his site, literally his entire site, his entire homepage is like, hello, I take pictures. These are what I, this is what I do. This is my process. This is me, 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 me. 
and you're like, is there anything about the couple? Like, no, like it's so much of it is about him and his process and what he does. But by doing that, he is then getting couples that are on board with his style and his, what he wants. So for me, I'm like, okay, how can I apply something like that to my company? And how can I be ideally getting clients? Because nobody wants to go to a wedding and film it if they don't like the couple or like they don't feel that the wedding is a good fit for them. Yep. I think that we've all, we've all been there, you know, and you're like on hour two of the Catholic mass and you're just like, I'm about to run out of batteries. I need to charge. You know, you're just like, (laughs) what am I like? What is going on here? So for me, nothing against Catholic mass, by the way, I think it's great. I think it can be really good. But what I find is that, the couples that we are looking for are going to be couples that are very willing to be open emotionally with us. And so we are saying, okay, if the, even if this is like taking money away from us, even if this is like, we're not booking every single couple that gets in touch with us and we're not like bending over backwards to take their wedding. If we are being more selective, then we're going to be more like emotionally fulfilled. Like I, I get a lot of fulfillment from making wedding films and like from making films in general, I'm going to be like fulfilled creatively more so. And I can take the hit and figure out other ways to like make money. You know, I feel like there's like, there's so many ways to make money on the internet now. It's ridiculous. So I'm willing to take a few less weddings. Like, and I mean, I say like a few less, like we only took, I think like, 20 weddings last year. So we're already being more selective just because our editing speed, we're trying to keep up with our current workload. And so that works well, Yep. but we are trying to be selective in the sense of if the couple isn't willing to write letters or write their own vows or have, uh, or do a lot of the story element things that we're interested in, then we say, well, maybe, you'd be a better fit for someone else. Not that they aren't wonderful people, not that they aren't a good couple, not that they're not a unique story, but for what we're looking for, we're wanting to tell a story. We're not just wanting to, um, have you ever listened to anything that still motion does? I feel like half of my, or has done, they don't really do. um, They run muse storytelling now Mm. and all this other stuff. But a lot of their, or earlier educational stuff that I watched was about not being a tripod. Like literally don't just be a, don't be the film gear that somebody has hired you to be like, like, Hey, he's just a walking tripod. Like, no, like you are a storyteller with a creative vision and a thought and a heart. And so Mm -hmm. I'm ideally booking couples that want that, that want us. Like ideally we, we want couples that book us for our creative talents and not just, for our cameras. Yep. <laughs> Ideally. Yeah. It's not perfect yet. I'm not perfect. I don't have half this stuff figured out. <laughs> you talk to me in six months, I'll probably have changed my entire spiel about half this stuff. But yeah. oh, <laughs> for now. Fair enough. fair enough. So tell me a little bit more about, you know, I, I, for me, um, one of the things that helps me um, tell better stories is, um, using equipment that is, and this is just kind of my style, but, but it's using equipment that's, that's really nimble, um, that I can be kind of in and out of places, um, that I can really, 
like not focus on the gear. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of gets out of my way and becomes an extension of my body. Um, what about, what about for you? Like what, what, what gear are you using and how is it helping you with your story? Yeah, definitely. I, I've been going through sort of a minimalization lately. I feel like a lot of people are because when you start out, you're like, you have your camera and your lenses and you're like, I need more stuff. And so you're building and building and building and building. And then eventually you have like a closet full and you're like, what am I doing with all this stuff here? Like, do I really need to cut? Once you've been to like a certain number of weddings and like your back starts hurting just from like carrying stuff into the building. And you're like, I really need to consolidate. Like, what am I doing? Cause for me, there was this point about six months ago and six months to a year ago, I'd say where I was looking at all my gear and I'm like, you know, I haven't actually used my camera slider in like six months. What am I, why am I still bringing this thing to weddings? Yeah. So I'll stop bringing it and I don't miss it. So that may be like blasphemy for some people. I feel like the slider <laughs> is important, you know, or like now I feel like there's a lot of, there's always trends in the filmmaking world for a while. It was sliders. Then it was drones and now it's gimbals. And so everybody is asking me to review like a Zion crane gimbal. And I'm like, dude, I don't own one. Like you want to send me one and be like, Hey, review this thing. I'm like, dude, I don't, I, I don't got it. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, um, for me, minimalism is key. And so I'm shooting honestly, probably 70% of a wedding on a 50 millimeter. Okay. Um, I've been using Sigma art lenses. I just rented a Zeiss Milvis 50 millimeter, which is smooth as butter. Like it is ridiculous. Uh, The the issue with is that the, like normally you want like a long throw on a lens, you know, for like that subtle focus. The issue is that you're literally rotating this thing like all the way around to be like, here's your point landers. My point Uh, landers like that. It like kills me, man. So I'm like, okay, maybe not this extreme here. So I rented that lens. And I'm like, okay, we're, we're not going to use those. Okay. So, um, I'm shooting, honestly, I would say either, either on 50% glide cam or 50% handheld because the a7S2 is has such good image stabilization that I don't even use a monopod anymore. Awesome. For the 50, if I'm on like an 85 or a 135, I still want a monopod for that because right. you get a little shakier, but right. We've been consolidating even down more in the sense that I usually have my wife on the longer focal lengths. Um, and I had a, I had her on a 70 to 200 for the longest time, but I feel like zoom lenses are kind of a crutch in the sense that it's, oh, I can just stand right here and then I can get closer and I'm farther away. And it's just, here's all these angles. The right. problem is that you lose some of the intimacy. And I talked about this in like my most recent video where I talk about filming the dance floor. Like if you're filming, from far off and the people are like way over there on the dance floor. Like it's kind of this period of like, you're kind of just observing people from afar. Mm. But if you get up close to them and you're like five feet away, three feet away, suddenly like, it's like you're dancing with them and you're a part of that. And that adds so much more energy and emotion. So I'm very much like a close up raw filmmaker where I'm like, Hey, here's what's going on up and up tight. So I will be roaming around shooting five second clips, 10 second clips, like nothing super long with these fixed lenses with prime lenses, because I want different angles and I will take 
five different angles that I can get with a prime lens versus one slider shot that I took five minutes to set up because I'm like tripods out and you got to put that down. You got to level it and then you got to put the, mm-hmm. if you have one with the ball head, it's a little easier because then you're still like angling it. You don't have a ball head, you're adjusting the legs for like 10 minutes and then you get that done. It's all up there and then you're sliding it and you're like, well, there's my one shot. Okay. That looks pretty. And you're like, crap, I don't got time for this, dude. I got like, it's a <laughs> wedding. I don't got like, I, what are you going to do? Like 10 pretty slider shots? No, I need like 30 good angles of things. So I'll take that every time. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, talk to me, obviously when you're, when you're talking about telling stories, you know, if you're, if you're one of these wedding filmmakers who is more like making a music video, um, that's not using a lot of audio, then this is, you know, I guess, Tune out if you want, or, <laughs> um, you know, you're probably not listening to this podcast anyways, because we're talking about story. You really can't do that without audio and without good audio. So, um, talk to me through your audio setup throughout the day. What are you using to get clean sound at the moments that you really need it? Yeah, definitely. It froze up on me there for a second. There we go. You're back. You cut out for all like five seconds. Did yeah. you hear me still? Yeah, I can hear you. You're good. Okay. You're good. I'm good. Everything says it's still recording. We're doing great. Um, audio setup is definitely critical because I talk about this in my uh, my audio settings video. I made like this 20-something minute long video where I went through every single piece of audio gear that I own and why it was important because I made the, this title on the spot for it, but I called it like the triangle of power for like <laughs> record for a wedding film. Okay. And like you've got your visuals, which you're recording with your camera. And then you have your music that's adding the emotion to the, uh, to the film. So if you have just the video and the visuals, it's a music video, but like you can still feel the emotions of the day because the music is dictating that. But then you have this whole other factor that is the audio. And that is like mega crucial because the audio is what dictates the story and tells, and it may, it adds to the emotion and it adds to the visuals. So for me, I am putting, I have so many recorders. It's stupid. I'm putting mics on like every person that I can, like if it's an important moment, of course, like for prep, I'm recording natural audio sounds, things like that, just in camera. I don't even have like a video road video mic or something like that. I'm just using just the onboard built in camera audio because normally that's such at a low volume and it's just there just to have like. Like if you have somebody and you see lips moving in the background, you want to just hear a little bit of in the background. You don't need actually to hear what they're saying. But otherwise for me, I'm using, uh, I have a Sennheiser G3. I have Zoom H5, Zoom H4n. I've got Olympus voice recorders. I'm about to order like a buttload of those Tascam DR10L recorders, which are like the new hotness right now. You want to talk about gear fat. That's... That's like the new it gear for wedding filmmakers. But honestly, I've never seen a recorder that was so perfectly made for wedding filmmaking before. I'm like, test cam. This is. And if you don't know, it's about the size. It's it's slightly smaller than a credit card. So (sighs) it's amazing. Which is is amazing. Yeah. Ridiculous, man. A little thicker than a credit card. Same, same, same shape. But man, like I'm telling you, dude. So audio is really critical at any point. I prefer to have 
a lot of backups if I cannot like it. So if I'm filming like a couple reading the note, I'll put a Sennheiser G3 on them and I'll monitor the audio. So that way I can always have them redo it if I need them to. But if it's anything that I cannot redo and I just have to roll with it, then I am putting at minimum two microphones on people. So I've got two mics on the groom. I'm about to start putting two mics on the minister. Currently I'm just using one and that kind of scares me sometimes, but usually then I'm also plugged into house audio. So I have a backup for the minister. Like I've got, recorders on recorders because I've had things fail before. I had a wedding that I was second shooting for a friend of mine and literally he had a recorder plugged into the DJ soundboard and he had a mic on the groom and the soundboard cut out and like literally like 10 seconds in the wedding, there was no sound. And he's like, well, I got my backup and he looks at his backup and the batteries have corroded on his recorder. So it literally was not oh. recording. That was his exact face that he made too. That was his exact like, uh, <laughs> like, so that, that <laughs> what's funny is he's like, well, this is going to be a music video kind of wedding. Okay. Yeah. And that's just, that's what you got to do, man. It's crazy. Yeah. No, I just had a, the, um, so I had two weddings this weekend. It was kind of crazy. Normally I don't do that, but, um, but the second wedding I did was, it was one where they just, they weren't giving me any story at all. And so everything had to be from the, like all my story had to come from the ceremony basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and there was, the toast weren't bad either. So, you know, I have something there, but, uh, yeah, my, my assistant goofed. And so I, I run, um, a wireless system. It's the Sony wireless system mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as well. And, I forget if it was because I haven't I haven't pulled the footage I haven't listened to the footage yet so I forget if it was on the efficient mic or the groom's mic but he plugged it into and he's worked with me he's done like forty <laughs> yeah 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 he knows what he's doing but he just goofed and plugged it into the headphone jack instead of the mic jack uh, so I'm like dreading this and thankfully uh, I have I have the board audio so hopefully that's good but yeah that was one of those where afterwards I was just like uh hand to the face <laughs> yeah. It's it's like that is such a sinking feeling when you don't have good audio. It's like, oh, man. And I've had it happen. Um, I shot a wedding November 2015 where a couple got married outside and there was, I want to say, like 30 mile per hour winds. And mm-hmm. like everything's blowing, things are falling over and they're out there and like everything's rippling. And I've got mics like under their shirts. Like yeah. it is buried in every microphone of on the groom was cutting out. So I had no vow audio. I had the minister because he was facing away from the wind, but I had no vow audio from the groom. And so I literally, uh, we were still in town. It was an out of town wedding, but the couple was super cool. They were super chill. And I basically, and I told them like that night I said at the reception, I said, Hey guys, if you're cool with this, I would love, cause knew that they like, they got married literally two minutes away from their house. Like they were, they already had like three kids. They were just this super chill, awesome couple. They were amazing. And they were like, Hey, if you need anything, we're going to be in town. And I was like, actually I do. Um, can I come over to your house and have you guys reread your vows? So I literally went over to their house the next day and had them both stand in their bedroom, looking at each other while they read their vows to each other. And the good news is, uh, if actually, if you've ever watched uh, what Robert Rodriguez, some of his videos talking about how he made like some of his movies, which are like super low budget, he talks about how he would film people, and because the film camera was so loud, 
And he would just film them saying their lines, but you couldn't record it. And so then he would have to like get a microphone and like stand up really close to them and be like, just say that line again. And yeah. people's cadence and how they speak will be consistent enough for you to match up the lips in post. Right. So I actually did that. And That's there was awesome. points where the lips didn't quite match up, but then I had to like tweak the actual speed of the audio till it did. And I had all, I had multiple comments from people like, man, how'd you get such clear audio? And I'm like, you know, I just got it to work, man. No, I was like, hey, I re-recorded. Like, I had to. But stuff like that's worth it, I think, especially if the if the vows are good. So you do what you got to do for stuff like that. So I had to do a similar thing like that with a proposal video that I did um, where um, actually the, the groom uh, had – um, cause th- my recorder is like, it has a screw mm-hmm. thing so you can screw it in so yeah. it doesn't, close. but he had hit a, he had like pressed and you have to press and hold the power button. Somehow he had, he had turned <laughs> the power off and, and I, I didn't want to interrupt their, like, you know, I didn't want to interrupt the proposal to go turn his mic back on. But um, you wanted to party. I, I wanted to, but I also didn't want to. And I, I had like some, I had also like, to um like zoom recorders out like close to where they're gonna be sitting but i also knew it just wasn't gonna be that good so after the proposal was over and they kind of had their moment and we're celebrating and i was just kind of hanging out with them i i said hey come come over here with me uh, i just want to re-record uh you saying what you did because <laughs> and it was cool because i knew in advance like we had we had you know had lunch and everything and talked through what the proposal was going to be like and and everything and so i knew that he had like this whole thing written down and he was like oh man i'm so glad we're doing this because i totally butchered it <laughs> like <laughs> i did not say what i wanted to yes. say at all <laughs> that's gonna sound even better than there see so oh yeah and so it was it. And I was able to use that audio as well as a couple other pieces that we did beforehand That's throughout the whole video. Um, but yeah, sometimes there's actually been twice where I've had to do something like that. One time I had a, I had this moment where um, the I could tell the groom like when he saw his bride walking down the aisle, he said, "Wow!" Like I could see it on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But something cut out at that moment on his mic, and Ugh. it just it sounded really crappy. Oh no, that's not what it was. It was the fact that he said "Wow" while they're playing the pipe organ. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And so I couldn't mix that in and make it sound yeah. right with the music. And so I I sent him a text like while he's on his honeymoon, <laughs> which yes. probably isn't the best practice. But um, but I said, uh, you know, hey, can you do a recording on your phone of you just saying yes. "Wow" and say it like say it like five times in like five different ways. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So he sent that to me and I dubbed that just that little That's wow. Gold, man. Um, which sometimes it's just the little touches like that. And now like, I think, um, you know, that's a, that's a small piece of, of what I did for that couple. But that, that little thing I think has been, you know, a huge deal in letting them know how much I care about crafting this story for them. And now like they're one of my biggest advocates. Like I just, I just booked a, you know, one of my biggest packages from uh, one of their friends who That's like great. had always been raving about. Me. <laughs> so, so this is little things that you can do like that, that just show how much more you care about making theirs perfect, you know? So that's, that's awesome so to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we are coming up on the hour. So 
I always like to do, and I apologize for not telling you this in advance, um, <laughs> but I always like to do a pick of the week. Um, and, and I'll start so you can kind of, you can kind of think about oh, it, but, gosh. but the pick of the week is something any, it can be a piece of equipment. It can be a, um, a book that you read, um, a video that inspired you. Um, it can be a piece of software. I got something. I got it. Okay, well, I'll let you go first then. So anything that oh, somehow... Oh, so you, ha- you haven't thought of anything. Oh, good. No, I, I have. <laughs> you want to go first, though? I can go first, man. I can go first. Go for it. This is not what you're expecting. I can guarantee you that. I'm going to say here, man, that my pick of the week is the Nintendo Switch <laughs> that I got on Friday. And I, I I told my wife, I'm like, if my birthday's coming up, this is all I want. I want that in Zelda. So that's awesome. I, uh, I, I pre-ordered it, came in on Friday at 10 a.m. And I didn't have a game for it yet because I ordered it, uh, but like I had no game. And I'm like, no, because I had pre-ordered from Target. So the Switch came at 10.30 a.m., but the Zelda wasn't supposed to come to like 8 p.m. from Amazon. And I'm like, I'm not waiting till 8 p.m. to freaking play this thing. Dang it. So I went to Best Buy. And I bought another copy of Zelda. And I'm like, okay, I can return the one to Amazon. I'll return one of them. And then when I got home, it was on the doorstep waiting for me already. I was like, <laughs> so now I have two copies, dang it. So I just returned one. But I will say that I'm at the point like where I'm I'm totally a workaholic. So I have to like force myself to take time off. Yep. So I was like, okay, I have a wedding on Saturday. I'm taking Friday off. Like I just literally like just took it off, relaxed, played Zelda, which is like a beautiful game from like a design standpoint and from an imagery standpoint. And I don't know, video games can be like, video games are getting more and more artistic. This is one of like the purest, like art, just relaxing. Like if you just want to just roam around and just explore perfect game for that, just amazing. So it was that, that's my, that's my pick. I guess you could say I would, if you, if you got, you know, 300 bucks laying around plus, plus Zelda, like, Totally, totally grab that because it's totally worth it. So <laughs> my other friends locally that uh, that make wedding films also bought this Nintendo Switch yes. recently. So that's hilarious. So my pick of the week is a little bit more related. Uh-huh. <laughs> my pick is the uh, Voigtlander. This is a I'm trying to show it off, but it's not in focus when I stick it way up here. Um, but this is the, this is the Voigtlander 42 and a half. So on a micro four thirds system, which is what I used, it's at 85 mil. Um, and it's the F 0.95. <laughs> um, this is an amazing piece of glass. It is, um, it's just built like a tank. It's buttery smooth. It also works as a macro lens. Um, which is really nice to have lenses that sort of serve multiple purposes. Um, but I am absolutely in love with this lens. It is as crisp as can be. Um, one of the things that there's, there's two things that people who are using micro four thirds, um, you know, each camera system has its own limitations. Um, you know, so, um, if you're using a, a camera, with a full frame sensor, you're going to have issues with like record limits or, or overheating or having like too small of a, of a depth of field to keep something in focus. Whereas the trade off on a micro four thirds is maybe it's not as good in a low light situation. Um, and, um, you know, maybe you don't get as much of that, um, that, that 
beautiful creamy bokeh um, that you're looking for. The, but the, with a lens the buttery like this, bokeh. the yes. buttery bokeh. But with this lens, uh, that eliminates both of those problems really, um, because you're shooting at f zero nine five, so you can shoot in the dark. Um, but also, it just has the creamiest bokeh. Um, the, the lights, uh, when the lights hit this thing, oh my goodness, it is gorgeous. And the lens flares, phenomenal. The colors are exactly the way I love them. So I'm just like, I've completely fallen in love. I've only shot, um, I've only done like three shoots with this lens so far. Um, so it's, it's brand new in my collection, but it is my baby. Um, I love this lens, so I highly recommend it. Um, and if you... If you look hard enough, you can get a really stinking good deal on it. That's one of the benefits of, of Micro Four Thirds system is is the lenses are much more affordable. So I actually picked this lens up. It's normally eight hundred. I got it for six. Um, so six hundred dollars for an eighty-five mil equivalent f zero point nine five. That is as sharp as can be and as well built as this. Um, that was an easy easy decision to make and i've been super happy ever since so <laughs> that is great oh man i'm gonna I'm gonna sell my nintendo switch and buy that thing oh man there you go <laughs> <laughs> except i'm on full frame so i feel like it'd just be like this really vignetted like yes yeah, so it probably circle. would be yeah, <laughs> probably <laughs> so uh we we got to wrap up here matt so tell me a little bit more about where our viewers our listeners can go um to find you yeah, man. I post all of my stuff on my blog, whoismat.com. So all my videos are kind of in a, I, I, I view whoismat.com as kind of a hub for all things Matt. That's where I put everything. I also have my wedding film production company that's separate and that's called Filmstrong Productions. That's at filmstrong.com. So if you look online and you search for pretty much anywhere who is Matt, all one word, all come up except for Twitter because there's some other guy that has who is Matt mm, and I've con- I, I know I've contacted him and everything and he's like no but he posts just like super nonsensical stuff and I'm like okay hopefully people know this isn't me but I'm also kind of hoping that he has like hundreds of just random Twitter followers that are like why isn't this guy posting about videos what is this crap so yeah. it's all working out I'm who is so, Matt literally everywhere else though so if you're if you're listening to this, then go to Twitter and who is Matt and bombard this guy with questions about why he's not talking about video. Yeah, maybe maybe if you harass him enough, he'll let me have the username or something like that. I haven't talked yeah. to the guy in years, so I feel bad. Don't do that. But <laughs> <laughs> awesome, very cool. Well, definitely go check out uh, his stuff on YouTube. It will be super helpful to you, I know. And thanks again for being with us, Matt. Uh, It's been a great conversation, and we'll look forward to having you on again sometime soon. Thanks, Jordan. Glad to be here. The Wedding Film Academy podcast is produced by Taylor Juarez. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a show. And help us out by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. And when you're done, head on over to WeddingFilmAcademy.org to chat with our other wedding filmmakers like yourself in the comments section. Until next time, keep making movie magic.